Hello and bienvenue at Cheeseland, a podcast where a couple of Aussies drink wine, eat cheese and chat about life in France. I'm Julia. And I'm Sai. This episode of the podcast, we're going to continue on from our last episode, which was a discussion of stereotypes in Paris. Last week, we kind of discussed the, the stereotypes of the city itself. And now for this episode, we're going to talk about the people or the expectations of the people or the stereotypes of the people. But before we can do that, we have to, of course, get a glass of wine, as is tradition. So, Julia, what are we drinking tonight? Our wine for this episode uh, comes courtesy of the Chateau Vieux Moulin Noir, uh, which is in the Bordeaux region. Now, I don't know much about this wine, but I can translate the Chateau name for you. It means Old Black Windmill. Very nice. Yeah. It so, sounds nice and romantic. Yeah. So as a, as a little extra tidbit, there is a, you know, the Moulin Rouge. Yes. That literally just means red windmill. Yes. So okay. slightly ruins the whole hype around the, the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> but yeah, the Vieux Moulin Noir. So it's a black windmill this time. And we also have a cheese, of course, which is a cabacou. Now, these are served in round uh, pieces about the size of a hockey puck and it's a right. mild goat's cheese which comes from the massive central region of france which is right in the middle of france there's a, a mountain there called the massive central and this comes from there i guess they have lots of goats wandering around the mountain excellent well let's get started great <coughs> Sante. Okay, so let's talk about some of the stereotypes that you might have of the people. And these stereotypes coming from the point of view of like the Anglo-Saxon kind of world, so England, Australia and America, and some of the, the stereotypes that you get in our media and stuff about what French people are like. And I think one of the first stereotypes that will either be met or you will be challenged on will be when you land, and that's when you meet your first French person. I think this stereotype is, best summarizes, Parisians are rude and snobby, or French people are rude and snobby. I guess this comes down to, like, they, they don't have time for you, they won't, you know, if you're stuck in the middle of the street, they won't want to help if you ask for help. So, yeah, they fall along that lines. And so, what do you, what do you think about this stereotype, Julia? It's an interesting point. I think I can completely understand where the stereotype comes from. And I believe that's because if you're a tourist in Paris, the French people that you meet are most likely going to be the people who serve you. So people in a restaurant, people at a bakery, anything like that. Sure. And yes, those people are usually busy and have other things to be doing, other people to be helping. And perhaps... The experience that you get in any one of those places is just different from what you might think that you get or what you're used to at home. I know, for instance, and we've experienced this any number of times going to eat at a restaurant, it doesn't happen very quickly. Yeah, I, uh, parts of it don't happen very quickly, I think. Yeah, like if you ask for the bill, you might get it within 10 minutes. Yeah, I think the bill is particularly bad. So I think mm -hmm. other parts are kind of quick. I honestly find food to come out pretty quick. Yeah, that's true. But 
the the whole experience of being like waited on attentively and people running into your beck and call, which maybe is more um, traditional in other places. Like I know in America, it's quite a big yeah. thing that you have these really, really attentive waiters. It just isn't a thing in Paris. And so perhaps that comes across as people being a bit rude and standoffish. Sure, yeah, I completely understand that. But I mean, from the actual French people that I've met, which has been through, you know, like work and my school and stuff like that. Um, they've been very nice. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like my, my experience of this has been, was very, very challenged. I found French people and Parisians in particular to be extremely helpful, very, very nice. I mean, I, when you first get here, if you want to ask staff or even locals for help, they'll generally try and point you in the right direction. I found actually that it's more them speaking to me in French and that I'm unhelpful. Like, I've yeah, had people sure, sure. come think... up to me and speak French and ask me for directions and I just kind of stare at them blankly and I'm like, oh, sorry. So it's kind of the wrong way around me. Yeah, I understand. So I think, people again, people at work and everything have also been extremely nice to me and very helpful. And, yeah, they're just great and warming and welcoming. But you just mentioned language. Now, that kind of comes on to our next stereotype nicely. And maybe maybe the the language thing also partly explains the rudeness or the snobbishness because I think so one of the stereotypes is that Parisians don't speak English or can't speak English. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think about that? Because like my idea is that you know if they can't speak English, that might come across as a bit rude because they're less able to help. The same reason that if somebody came up to me speaking to me in in Hindu, I would not be able to help them at all, and yeah. I might come off as rude or. Yeah, it's a very interesting point because I've met so many French people who do speak English perfectly well. Yeah. But then I've also met quite a lot of people who refuse to speak English. Like refuse for in- or basically refuse. Like yeah. um for instance, our recent dealings with trying to set up internet for our apartment. Oh, the sure. providers basically flat out refused to speak English whereas when I was trying to set up the electricity, sure, they didn't speak English, but they're like, that's okay, we have an English helpline, and yeah. like transferred you over. So it's it's an interesting thing, I find, because I try and practice my French and speak French with anybody as much as possible when they speak French back to me. That's a whole other story. But at a coffee shop or like at a bakery, when I'm ordering, I try to order in French. And most of the time, I get responded back to in English yeah so it's one of those things that you should try and show some common courtesy and speak in their language speak their lingo and they're they're more likely to offer you help well no not that they're more likely to offer me help but that they will respond in English they will start speaking English to me um I find that frustrating because obviously I just want to practice my French and hearing French is as important as speaking it but perhaps that is people trying to be helpful, noticing that maybe you can't speak their language perfectly and they just assume that you are English and speak English. Or maybe they also just want to practice their English. I don't know. It's Well, it's a fair assumption. I think if they think they're going to be able to help you more speaking English, they've, they're going to want to do that. And that's part of them not actually being rude. Is that you might find it frustrating, but they don't know your circumstance. They probably just think you're one of the 35 million tourists a year. Yeah. most likely speak English as a common language. So mm. I imagine that's why they try and switch back. But it does also, I think, just thinking about it, make an interesting point that they 
really hold their language to a very high level. Like you have to be a fluent, perfect speaker of it to deserve them speaking French back to you almost. Yeah, again, I think I find that completely different. But that's my company is very different from the everyday French life, I think, because yeah, it's a very international company. But I, yeah, I don't find, I haven't found that. What are you also doing? Trying to speak French with people? That's also, yeah. <laughs> so, on the work topic, I find it incredibly interesting that you, as a French worker, and soon me, that the working week is only 35 hours a week that you supposedly get a two-hour lunch break, which makes up that 35 hours. And I think that kind of speaks to the stereotype about Parisians not really wanting to work. Yeah, I see what you mean. So, yeah, I guess the stereotype is that they strike all the time. And I guess I've, I've had to say it's been challenged because, again, in my company, everybody does work really hard. Um, it's true that we get that they take longer lunch breaks than I ever remember having in Australia or England. But again, I don't. I feel like it's not two hours, but instead of eating at your desk, like in Australia and the UK, they will go out and get something and then eat together at a table rather than at their desk. So I, f- I think, I feel like that's true, but um, total hours work, they probably make up for it. Like people work, generally work pretty late. I feel like people are putting in 40 hours or more a week. The same thing is I've definitely never had a, experience with a classic strike i have not seen a strike either which i brought up in class at one point and my teacher went what you haven't seen anyone protesting anything (laughs) because supposedly it's a very very normal Mm. thing in paris just to or in france i guess to strike all the time and my understanding is that it's even a law that if you choose to strike you can't be um sacked for it yeah, well, yeah, I think a lot of countries other than the US have these kind of protections, but I think it's even more true in um, in France. Yeah, they seem to strike yeah. about everything. Although, having said that, still haven't actually experienced it. So the next stereotype that we have jotted down on our list of thoughts is that Parisians are chain smokers. And I know that you and I stand on quite opposite opinions on this one yeah definitely so we have talked about this one before and my feeling is that while Parisians definitely there are a fair few smokers around I don't feel like it was as bad as the UK so again both countries compared to Australia there's far less uh, sorry in Australia there are far less than the UK or or France I weigh in the on the side that this is that the stereotype is not necessarily uh, warranted because I felt like more people smoke in the UK Whereas you... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I think I definitely stand against this. First of all, because to, to reinforce where this stereotype comes from, it is very much that image of like a Parisian woman with a cigarette in her hand. Yeah, or, normally, normally on one of those little things where they're not touching the cigarette yeah, itself. Yeah, oh, what are they called? Like a cigarette holder. Yeah, the little, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or um, also, you know, the, the old man we've spoken about potentially before the old man sitting in a brasserie out the front with a glass of wine and a cigarette in his hand like yeah it is a stereotype in the morning it would be with coffee Um, but still a cigarette um and i i think that that stereotype absolutely stands you see it i do a lot of running and when i run through the streets you know I, i go around in the forest and i come back to the streets and i end up running behind somebody and just running through a waft of cigarette smoke coming in my face. Even today, I went and cheered. There was a semi-marathon, so a half-marathon in Paris today. 
and I went to a cheer spot to cheer with other runners. Yeah. And one of the runners who was there cheering had a cigarette in his hand. I mean, it wasn't lit, but <laughs> just it to me, that was such an odd image to see a runner yeah. with a cigarette. Um, I mean, I, having having watched many of your races, I can say I've seen throughout the UK and anywhere, really, that there are spectators that are right on the sidewalk. and Yeah, but those spectators are not at, usually running. running yeah, I, but at one of your 24-hour races, I saw a runner smoke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's a, another story. Um, <laughs> but the other, the other story or that I haven't experienced myself, but a friend of mine was telling me about the fact that she went to a party that was full of Parisians and that the room where this party was was just filled with smoke. There's one tiny window cracked a little yeah. bit, but nobody was making any attempt to smoke out of it. And not only were people smoking and everybody smoking in the room, but they were chain smoking constantly the whole way through. And she said that she went home and her clothes stunk of smoke and they still did two days later. Yeah. Well, again, it, this is one of those things that's, I think is the answer is in the statistics, but this show is not necessarily about that or this, sorry, this discussion is not necessarily about the statistics. It's about the perception, and I guess we just differ in our perception because yeah. my perception is that they smoke less than I originally anticipated. That's perhaps also because you experienced more of the smoking in London, like the going out for bars. Like you prefer, like you went out for drinks after work quite a lot more than I ever did. So I guess you saw that quite a bit more than I. Yeah, did. that's that's a very good point. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think maybe the way that the brasseries are structured versus a pub is that you kind of. Or maybe even depend on the people I was with, but the it just changes your perception. People sitting down and you going inside generally in a brasserie versus a pub, like because you, I don't know, yeah. People sitting inside. That is an interesting point though. In brasseries, there is often a smoking area. It's kind of half outside, half inside. Like it's covered yeah. specifically for smokers. That the smoking, though, or the non-smoking, or yeah. the potential smoking wherever you stand on that issue, is one of the reasons why the Parisian uh, stereotype of being very thin. Possibly. I mean, I guess cigarettes press your appetite. So, um, I mean, it could very well be part of the reason they're thin, especially like we've discussed before that the food here is not... Like, while, while you can eat very healthy, and I think people in general eat healthy, one of the stereotypes is they eat like a, a lot of cheese and, and that's not particularly slimming. Bread, um, so butter. how do they? How do they, Yeah, exactly. So how do they stay thin? Um, cigarettes, maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, perhaps I remember. <laughs> um, maybe about ten years ago, there was this book called "Why French Women Don't Get Fat." Oh wow! All right. It was very popular, and I never read it. Well, only French women, because I mean, French guys are also. Are they? Oh. I think I think French guys have a stereotype of being kind of thin as well. Yeah. Either that or like the the rotund but, old man. Uh, shed some wisdom. Why? Why? I don't know. Oh, you can't remember. I didn't read the book, and I'm <laughs> and I quite regret not reading the book because yeah. maybe then, when I'm now eating all the baguette and all the cheese and drinking all the wine, yeah. I could uh, avoid gaining some kilos. So, but one of the things that fits in with being thin, I guess, and that stereotype is stylish. So, have how have you found the? Do, do you think the French are stylish? Do you think Parisians walk around, well well dressed? I'm going to be really terrible with this and say that I haven't noticed as such. I think I mostly see people out and about on the streets when they're wearing their big winter coats because it's been very cold and rainy and 
snowy. That's true. I guess we've only really been here for one season and everybody's in biggish coats and I mean yeah. biggish coats around the world look roughly the same. Yeah. Um so I haven't I haven't really noticed um their style. I and I definitely still have the image in my mind of the stereotypical beautiful Parisian with her cigarette in the cigarette holder and yeah. swanning around with, you know, a Chanel handbag and all that. <laughs> and I think perhaps yeah. if you go to those very fashiony areas of the city, like um I know near Concord um, and like Rouge uh, Cambon where... The well, first, roughly where I work. Yeah, around your, your area. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of high-end fashion shops. And I can imagine that the people who go wandering around that area would probably also fit that stereotype. Or they are tourists. Yeah, I mean, I sort of working around that region and kind of walking around and seeing, I think, uh, people are generally dressed pretty well, in my opinion. Again, more or less than anywhere else, any other big city, I'm not quite sure. It's hard to make a judgment on that, especially like the fancy areas around London Bank and stuff. But yeah. that's a bit different because it's very, very business oriented. Finance. Um, finance oriented and stuff. So I think that's a bit of a, a bit different. And then versus Australia, I'm not quite sure. I think we've discussed this before and I, I find Australians actually dress relatively well in, in the cities. I so think... it's hard to say if it's any more or less, but I, I would definitely say that the French, like my general perception is that they dress well. Yeah, I think they dress... Maybe as well as anybody in the 21st century now does dress. Yeah. You know, it's not over the top. There's not people walking around in three-piece suits and ball gowns. Yeah. yeah no. Perhaps as they used to be, but, like, it's it seems fine. and It's yeah. not... It's, it's definitely, like... I haven't seen people walking around in sweatpants, tra- tracky decks, you know. That's true. I think you get a lot of that in the UK. Um, but I haven't really seen that in, in yeah. Paris. Yeah, there's there's not that sort of lad culture, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. which comes with that sort of fashion. So that's missing, and maybe that's a good thing on the fashion front. But my my interesting tidbit that I have on this topic is a girl from my French class who said once that she can't go out in Paris without wearing makeup because she feels like she wouldn't fit in with all the Parisian women out on the street. Yeah, so we've talked about this one before, and I honestly still haven't given it a better look, but my impression without really paying much attention to it is that, again, it's not... I haven't seen people wearing lots of makeup and at work and everything, and we work with clients as well, so clients do come into the office, and I have not seen people with a lot of makeup. Ah, yes, but are they just wearing the right amount of good makeup? <laughs> oh, I see. Maybe, maybe the yeah. maybe the French have the makeup business down, and and know how to do a natural look. That's very true. <laughs> it could be it. So our last stereotype that we have on the list to chat about is the Parisians' love of food, and as we mentioned before, they love their bread, they love their cheese, they love their butter. They love taking longer lunches. Yeah, food is they very... They love their fine food. It's always well presented and everything. There are lots of stereotypes of French food. Yeah, the the meat we have experienced ourselves is more expensive because it's a higher quality. It's not, you know, the scrappy end yeah, bits. Yeah. Um, so they really do love their food. And that's both a stereotype and I think absolutely something that we've seen proven in our everyday experience. I, myself, I'm a particular fan of just eating 
on the go and people always laugh at me and say ha bon appetit because it's quite a strange thing to see somebody eating on the go it's more you know eating is seen as a a sensual experience almost you have to sit down take your time save yeah there's almost a ritual to it yeah that's i 100 percent agree but the point that i want to ask you about is them being very particular about their french food and whether they really do value french food above any other food because i know for instance i've seen a lot of italian restaurants a lot of asian restaurants so i I think that's not particularly true that they're very particular about their own food i mean i think less than like london and maybe less than sydney there's less variety than in sydney or or london i think that comes out of having a very strong gastronomical culture themselves so they they don't necessarily feel the need to have as much but they do and i think all the french people that i work with are very happy to go eat at a a noodle or try some or get some sushi or get some italian or one of the other millions of varieties of food out there middle eastern and stuff like that as well that there is all of that here but it is i think i feel like it is less because they have such a strong history with food it's interesting what you say about the variety of food because I have found that one brasserie to the next you're going to get pretty much the same menu. Yeah, but that that's the brasseries. They're not they're the French take on like casual dining. Like they came around in the eighteen hundreds, I believe, as a form of casual dining. Yeah. But the the fine restaurants and everything, you of course you get some variety and stuff sure. and there is a French cuisine for a reason, like so you are you will find some similarities. French cuisine, just add butter. So, speaking of food, how was the cheese and wine tonight for you? I very much enjoyed that cheese and wine. I feel like I say that every single week. Yeah, same. <laughs> I think we've, we've done a very good job with the wine and cheese selections we've made. I the cheese, that... if I had one thing to say, I thought the cheese was, was oddly, I would almost say gluey. It was just that weird mix of being like too creamy, but not being cream, I guess. <laughs> Well, it was a very soft cheese, and I did want to choose a soft cheese this time because we have had quite a few hard cheeses recently. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was goat's cheese, was very goat's cheesy, but unlike some other goat's cheeses that we've eaten during the week without recording and speaking about, yeah. <laughs> um, it had a much thinner crust to it, which yep. I quite like because I find I'm not a big fan of crusts. I normally cut off my crust, not on bread, on cheeses. Cheese crust. Crust. As next time we come back to you, we'll have a proper word for that. I'm pretty sure it's not called the <laughs> it's crust. It's probably not a crust. Um, <laughs> but the crust, because you were rolling with this now, um, was quite thin and very palatable. Yeah. So I quite like that. And the red wine was, once again, drinkable. It's made me a little bit cheery. Yep. <laughs> it's great. How was the wine for you? Delicious. Yeah, I really liked the wine. It was nice. It was, this particular bottle was actually on the more pricey side for what we've been buying lately maybe one day for this ep- for an episode we'll have to crack out a, a really expensive bottle but this yeah. one this one was around 12 wheah. yeah, but it was nice we're going fancy <laughs> not yet fancy with our not well, 12 euros yeah. for a bottle of red i mean we started at what five, Four? Yeah, five. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're going up in the world yeah um but yeah very nice bordeaux region i think i think if you pick a wine from bordeaux you're going to get something fairly similar all the time, and they're usually going to be pretty good. 
Good. I have a friend that would very much argue with that oh, point. He's very, he, he does. He's very particular about ah, wearing Bordeaux. Okay, or... interesting. Well, maybe we'll have to get his tips on a bad French wine yeah. so that we can <laughs> we can com- com- complain, compare, and contrast. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. Um, for those of you who are actually listening to this, yeah. other than just us rambling alone at home. <laughs> um, great to have you along with us. Next episode, though, we have something very special happening. Do you know what's going to happen? Uh, no, I don't, actually. Ooh. Well, we have a surprise. Well, maybe not a surprise, but a special guest coming to join us. Oh, we sure do. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you know. Um, so we're going to have a special guest on next week's episode to talk about all things French. And by French, I mean... Language. The language. Yes. Learning French, speaking French. Um, it's going to be great. Au revoir. Au revoir. <laughs>